You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask this morning that you receive our thanks, that you receive our praise. We bring them to you. They belong to you. They belong to no one else. They all belong to you. All the glory and all the honor belong to you. Power belongs to you. Lord, we come back this morning to say, Lord, receive all that is yours. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, as your word will be coming this morning, Lord God, will pray and we ask that you will do for everyone, everyone, everything that you have said. For friends here and those listening in other places and shall listen at other times that have not yet received what you promised for this month i pray in the name of jesus that you will visit them that you will visit their situation that new thing that they so desire or that you have proposed to be the next thing in the agenda of heaven for their lives lord let it come speedily in the name of jesus christ lord we pray that we shall not miss it in the name of just nothing shall make us miss what you have planned for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray that our eyes will be open, our hearts will be open, our ears will be open as your word comes, and we will profit thereby. In the name of Jesus, blessed be your holy name, O Lord. We celebrate you. We celebrate you, Maker of all things. We celebrate you, Pathfinder, Waymaker. We celebrate you. We give you all praise and glory this morning. And we ask that you take control, that you have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Please put your hands together for Jesus. Glory and honor to the name of the Lord. It is by His privilege that we are stewards. It is by His privilege that we are even here listening. It is by His privilege that we are called by His name. You see, what manner of love. What manner of love is this? That we are called children of God. And as children, then as, as, yeah. So we benefit from all that the kingdom has to offer. And of course, we are exposed to the privilege of seven, carrying the obligations of the kingdom. And this is what we do week in, week out, to bring us more into him, more into him who is the head of all principalities and power. To not only understand that we sit with him positionally, but to experientially bring that privilege to bear in every area of our lives. We've been called to have dominion. We've been called to live a life of difference. We've been called to shine as light. And these are some of the ingredients that we need. The word, the word, the word. We need the word to be our teacher, to guide us into the fullness of Christ. The Bible says, until we all come in the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, knowledge of faith and the Son of God, until we get to that level of the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, we will not stop what God has called us to do. He has given apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists just for this purpose, for the perfecting of the saints, and that we do all this. I pray as these uh, exercises, spiritual exercises, prayer, word, impartation, as you experience them, that you will you will be better in the name of Jesus, and you will increase your chances of becoming all that God has called you to be in the name of Jesus Christ. This morning, we wrap up our series for November, a new thing. We'll wrap it up with a topic that I've captured 3D. 3D is discern. 
decide and deliver discern decide and deliver indeed what we're going to be doing is wrapping up what we've done so far you remember at the beginning of this series we started with something called shine your eyes then we went on to something else we called a knowledge gap or bridge the gap uh, then we went last week to step out today we will tie it together we tie it together so that it's crystal clear for us and that we can do the needful i'm going to start by reading from the book of genesis chapter 18 this morning genesis chapter 18 i'm going to read from verse 1 to 10 1 to 10 the bible speaks about the patriarch abraham from verse 1 the bible says the lord appeared to him by the terebinth tree of Mamre, as he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day in fact i live in a city where the temperature is very very hot now sometimes you just got and you feel like what is this is this place a desert or what it's very hot ac is not even working you step into your car you're wondering is this ac working you sit in your office you sit in your home is this ac working it is so abraham was in that kind of place he was living in the desert patch of canaan and everywhere was hot so he, he just sat there in the tent door you know just trying to get some fresh air just doing his normal thing and this is what we say in the course of doing your normal thing who says god cannot visit you later turn under hello sir hello proto this man was just basically saying it's hot in here let me just sit a bit outside where i can take some fresh air just cooling down cooling down but this is a man that god has trained this is a man that god has helped the bible says in verse 2 so he lifted his eyes and looked and behold three men were standing by him and he saw them and he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground wait a minute what are we talking about do you have your bibles with, with me this morning please check did the bible say in verse 1 that the lord appeared to him the lord said the lord appeared to him but in verse 2 we are reading we did see the lord we saw three men you are not getting it the intention of the lord is to visit abraham hmm? that's what the bible says in verse 1 the very first line the lord appeared to him but in verse 2 he didn't see the lord as it were the bible says so he lifted his eyes and looked and behold three men were standing when god visits people he visits in different dimensions so don't box yourself because the bible says the lord appeared to him you're going to see lights you're going to hear sound you're going to see an earthquake happening you're going to see fire coming no in this instance there was no such thing the bible says he saw three men three men may you see well as you shine your eyes in anticipation of what god is about to do may you see well god was about to do something new for the family of abraham abraham had used conicone method in connivance with his wife sarah to bring a solution that was not god's solution god had sent this son out of the house at this time speaking about ishmael and god was saying abraham what i said i would do i still want to do it i have the capacity to do it he gave him assurance that he would do it then god said i'm going to visit this man but i'm going to disguise i hope he will shine his eyes and see me when i disguise and pass 
as unknown people as strangers in front of his house not when he's in that spiritual mode not when he's praying but when he's just casually sitting out there taking fresh air casually sitting reading a book casually si- sitting pressing his phone casually s- sitting working in his office abraham was just busy doing his regular thing he said will abraham be able to descend will abraham descend will he know that this is me Oh, I split myself into three men. Oh, maybe I'm just one of the men and there are two angels. And you will see later, actually, God was with them. And there were two others. The two others were actually angels that were sent to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So God was the third person with them. If you read the entire chapter, you understand what I'm talking about. Because after the encounter, after the prophetic release of the word, that by this time next year, the Bible says the negotiation started about Sodom and Gomorrah. And when the negotiation was done, only two men went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm? Only two men. So, the, the essence of what happened was God just really wanted to visit Abraham and give him a prophetic word. Thank God for Abraham that he was able to descend. The Bible says from there, Abraham ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Abraham was able to tell these are not ordinary men. They may be like strangers. I must offer hospitality to tap into what God is about to do. Abraham understood and descend. Descend. He ran. The Bible says, and said to them, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please, give, let me bring a little water and wash your feet and rest yourselves under this tree. He didn't say, ah, there's nothing special in this way. We'll see them now. Even them, they are suffering the same heat. <laughs> Let them come and rest under this tree. Look at their legs. Their legs are dirty. May you not despise the moment of your visitation in the name of Jesus. May you not commonize it and say, is this not what we see every day? Strangers passing in front of my house in this desert. Everybody looking worried. May you not commonize it in the name of Jesus Christ. Abraham says, sit down. I will bring a morsel of bread. I will not only wash your legs, give you water to drink. I say, I will bring food. And may refresh your heart, and that you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. Then they said, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make it. And Abraham ran to the head, took a tender good calf, gave it to a young man, and asked him to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and calf, which he had prepared, and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. This is another secret. Kai, Lord Jesus, help me. So Abraham not only descended them, he said, I must do something to key in into this moment. I must do something to key into this moment. When there is divine visitation, it is not a time to go strolling. Hmm. It's the time to plug yourself in. It's a time to bury yourself there. Abraham just quickly went in, made preparation. But as he brought it, he stood. He said, I'm waiting for the words. He said, I will not do this thing in vain. Today is not a normal day. I might have started it as a normal day. But the Lord has visited my house today. He said, I'm staying here. I'm standing in the presence of God. The Bible said, Abraham did not go. He stood with them under the tree. He wasn't eating. The Bible says, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. 
as they ate. It was not food that brought Abraham there. It was encounter. Abraham said, I will not miss my encounter today. Today, the Lord has visited me. I am not going anywhere. Let every other thing wait. Let Mrs. Abraham, let her wait inside. Let all the servants wait. Let all the cattle wait. Let all the everything else wait. Leave me here. I stay with the Lord. I wait for the word. In the moment of visitation, you must pay attention. So Abraham stood him. Verse 9. Then they said to him, they said to him because Abraham was there. Abraham was waiting. Where is Sarah, your wife? She needs a word. She needs a word. There are some of our friends, some of our partners, some of our destiny enablers that need to be with us when we receive a word. That need to be with us. For some of you, you will not understand what I'm saying. The Lord will be speaking specifically to you. Connecting you with destiny helpers and launching you forward. Launching you forward. And that is why you've got to be in the mood of discernment. And Sarah was what? So he said, yeah, in the tent. She's inside the tent. Verse 10. And God said, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. May I decree and declare to you this morning, everyone connecting to this by faith, you might be in Sarah's kind of position. You have been despised. Those that you helped, those that you nurtured, they have got the results that you are waiting for. You have not got it. They mocked you. They mocked you. You didn't get it. Everyone around you have normalized the fact that you have a problem that cannot be solved. It's been there for years. It's been there for years. I decree and declare to you, in the name of Jesus, your son shall be born. Your Isaac shall come. God shall give you laughter. God shall give you laughter. In the name of Jesus, that which you have been trusting God for, that which you might even have helped yourself in time part of, but God has cut off. May God visit you with a word of restoration this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, everywhere the resources to make it happen, I summon them from all the winds of the earth, from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. I summon resources. I summon resources. Let them locate you this morning in the name of Jesus. May you have a new song. May you sing a new song. May you sing a new song. May you dance a new dance. May you have a testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you not lose out when that moment of visitation comes. Abraham didn't lose out. Abraham was on guard. He was ready. He was ready. If Abraham had not discerned that day, listen to me, if Abraham had not discerned that day, he will postpone the fulfillment of the birth of Isaac. Oh, God had promised him. God was going to do it. But he was going to miss that moment. Because there was time in implication in the prophetic release of that day. God said, by this time next year. So if he missed it by one day, he would defy the blessing by one day. If he missed recognition, discernment of the moment of visitation, by one year, he will miss and delay that encounter and the attendant result by one year. That's why you cannot afford to lose God and not shine your eyes. So that's what we started with in the first week. That you've got to shine your eyes. So three elements are what we're bringing out. Discern, discern. 
Discern. Let me read for you the story of a people that did not discern and paid dearly for it. Go to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. I read from verse 11. We know this story too well. In verse 11, the Bible says, Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their bodies. Please follow me. I'm going somewhere. He went out to his brethren, that is the Hebrews, who had been enslaved in Egypt. He said, and looked at their bodies. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one was looking at him, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, Behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. Hmm? It's a case of two fighting, two different scenarios. Scenario one, an Hebrew man was being tortured, beaten by an Egyptian. Moses stepped in. Look right, left and center. Nobody's watching me, nobody's watching me. He gave the Egyptian a deadly blow. The guy died, he buried him under the desert sand. The following day, he went out. Two fighting, but different scenario. Now, Hebrew 1 versus Hebrew 2. So, you understand what's going on here? And he went on the second day. Behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Innocent question. Hmm? Verse 14. Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? I say, hey, they don't catch me. He don't cast. He thought nobody saw him. He looked left. He looked right. He looks like that. He didn't see anybody. He killed him and buried him. Many of us too are like that. When we want to do evil, <laughs> or when we want to do something that is not legal or is not lawful or is not morally right, we'll be checking. Looking over your shoulder. Is anybody watching me? You didn't see anybody. You did it. You think nobody saw you. One, God saw you. Two, there's a chance that somebody else saw you and they just decided to sip their mouth. The day you are contesting for election, they're going to bring it out. Say we saw it. <laughs> it's just like in groups where uh, you're in a WhatsApp group. You don't know that some people have GB WhatsApp. You post a message. You quickly delete it. Some people have seen it. <laughs> so Moses didn't know that somebody saw him. He thought he had deleted the message. Somebody saw him. They took a screenshot. They saved it on device. So by the time Moses was coming the following day, he didn't intend to beat anybody. He just wanted to say, oh boy, why are you, you know, being malicious to your brother? You guys are brethren. Just to say to them, of course, he already discerned who was wrong between them. So he talked to the person who was wrong. Why are you doing this to your brother? That was a, eh? So you want to kill me the way you kill somebody? Eh? Guess what Moses did as a result of that confrontation? The Bible said, so Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is no no. So when Pharaoh heard of this matter, wait a minute, how did Pharaoh end? <laughs> so the matter was known because somebody saw him. Free publicity. Person just went to story on Instagram or Facebook or put it on status on WhatsApp. He just put it. Hmm. The crown prince caught killing somebody. He just put it on story. He said, I didn't do anything. No. I didn't tag him. I just put it there. 
from the rest, Linda Ikeji, Easter Block, Nigeria, they did their work. So the news kept going around, kept going around. Moses, Moses has killed somebody, Moses has killed somebody, until the king heard, the president. So the king heard, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. Of course, justice has to be served. The, the legislature, they have to, you know, be asking the president, Sir, what are you going to do about this case? Because this person is your son now. Are you going to sweep this case under the carpet? Your son has murdered, he has murdered an Egyptian. He has to be killed. You know the rules. So, Pharaoh had no option. Even though Moses was a very prominent, prominent prince, he could have been an heir to the throne. Who knows? So the king had to find a way to bring Moses to justice. So the king sought to kill Moses. Bible says, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. Let me just give you extra information so you understand what we are saying here. The moment this happened, Moses ran away and went to Midian. I don't have time to read all of the plenty things that happened afterwards. Long and short of it is that Moses spent 40 years, <laughs> 40 years in Midian as a result of what happened here. You are still not getting it. Israel, at that point in time, when they were in Egypt as Hebrews, they did not discern that Moses was the deliverer that they prayed for. Moses was an answer to prayer. Moses was getting ready to deliver them. Although he was going about it the wrong way, he had not understood purpose, he had not received adequate instruction from God, but he had already caught the burden. He only needed nurturing. But they did something that made him run away. His own people did something that made him run away. They were delayed for 30 years as a result of sending him away for 40 years. You are not getting me. If you go back um, to the same Exodus that we are reading, the Bible said the, the people of Israel, they went to Egypt to go and sojourn. And when they started to torture them, when a pharaoh came that did not like Israel, and the people began to cry, they began to cry unto the Lord, that Lord, we are in trouble here, have mercy on us, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. The Bible said, God heard their cry. The Lord heard their cry. And Moses was the son that was born as the result of the Lord hearing their cry. He was born as a deliverer. Of course, they killed all people, all children born about his age just to kill him and God made him escape. Now, this Moses had grown up. This Moses was about 40 years at this point in time. So, if you do your calculation well, God said that they will spend 400 years in the land of captivity. Hmm? That's what he told Abraham. But they eventually spent 430 years. So, it must be around 390 years or thereabouts when this incident happened. 390 years in captivity. But they chased away their deliverer for 40 years. So, you understand. They did not discern that Moses was that person who was going to deliver the children of Israel from captivity. They did not know. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. God answered. But they did not have discernment. 
So I pray for you. You will not defy your own blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare. You shall not defy your own blessings in the name of Jesus Christ. Discernment is something you cannot pray too much for. You need to have discernment. In this life, what you do not know, you will pay for it. That is the fact. If they had known, it's at that moment they would have carried Moses to go and meet the Hebrew elders and say, our deliverer has come. Please, let's have a meeting. What do we need to do? Should we call the solemn assembly? Should we fast? Should we do something different? So that we can quicken this time. He has 10 years to prepare. But they made 10 years to become 40. For lack of discernment. They did not have spiritual illumination. So that was why we talked about bridging the gap. To say you must have light. If you do not have light, you will take a wrong step. Wrong step will land in a wrong destination. Before the map will reroute, you have lost some minutes. God help you if you don't enter traffic. After losing your way onto a route that you ought not to have taken. We must seek the highest form of intelligence available. And that's spiritual intelligence or discernment. We must seek it. Once we understand that this is the way God is working towards what he said he will do. We align quickly, then the result comes quickly. Many times we resort to other levels of intelligence. Sometimes we resort to logic. Okay, maybe it will go like this, maybe it will go like that. But some other times we just assume. Hmm? They say assumption is the lowest form of intelligence. We just assume. Oh, maybe it will be this. No basis, we just assume. Then we waste time and wonder why God's word has not yet been performed. Brethren, We've got to discern. We've got to discern. Let me move on because my time is running and I've not covered the two others. I move to the second D. Decide. Decide. So after discerning what God is doing towards what he has said he wants to do, towards the new thing he said he wants to do, what next do you need to do? You need to make some decisions. You need to decide. The decisions that I want to talk about this morning, I've categorized them under ABC. So that it's simple for you to remember. Decide as simple as ABC. A. You must agree in prayer. A is agreement. You must decide to agree with God in prayer. God has said he will do something. A prophetic word has come. I will talk about this in the first week. The very first thing you need to do is to agree with him in prayer. Bible says his word is yes and amen. The yes part, that is God saying yes, I want to do this. The amen part is your cooperation. He you say I agree. Amen means so shall it be or let it be so. So God has brought a word. I will do a new thing. Many of us are still struggling with it. We are still struggling with it. God wants to do a new thing. It's just Pastor Jenkins that is shouting it every week. It does not make sense to me. I do not see how he will do it. I do not know how he will do it. Maybe it's not time. Maybe he didn't hear well. No, I heard well. By the grace of God, I've got a number of testimonies of people that the Lord has done something new for them. This one, myself inclusive. So God is doing new things. God is doing a great work. 
It's good. It's all around. God is in the neighborhood. God is in the business of performing his work. But brethren, will you agree with him? Will you agree with him and say, yes, I know what that will is. Yes, I have discerned it. Yes, the word has come forth. But I want to take a decision to agree in prayer. To agree in prayer. You remember the story of the Lord Jesus Christ? Just about the time he was going to the cross. The night before, he went to the garden of Gethsemane. You remember how he labored in prayer. He was very clear about what the will of God was. God said, this cup, you must drink it. In fact, it was for that reason he came. Notice that this was a new thing. God was going to create a new order. The New Testament was about to be ushered. I'm not talking about the books. I'm talking about the reality of a new covenant. Gentiles were about to be brought to the family of God. God was about to unite the spiritual Israel with the physical Israel. He was going to do that in one body called Christ Jesus. And he being the head, he was going to do that. A new thing was happening. He began by a virgin conceiving without having encounter with a man, but with the divine spirit of God. A new thing has started. This new thing needed to be fully delivered. But there has to be a decision to agree with God. God wasn't going to force Jesus. Jesus said, I have this command from my father. I have the ability to lay down my life and take it again. That is, it is a decision that I need to make. Because I understand what the will is. But at that point, when it was time to pay the price, the body said, Jesus, are you really going to do this? Isn't there another way? So he went to the garden. He took some of his strength. He said, Peter, James, and John, please, guys, come with me. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful. He had seen the picture of what was going to happen on the cross. He said, guys, follow me. Let me go and pray. Let me go negotiate. Let me go negotiate. But as he got there, thank God for the Holy Spirit's comfort. He was praying, Lord, isn't there another way? Is there another way? Is there another way? Is there another way? This is going to be too difficult for me. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Why am I using this example? There are some of us listening to me now. Listen. The new thing God wants to do in your life, you don't like it. It's difficult. <laughs> God is going to be making a demand of you that will be difficult to do. But note, it's in line with His will for your life. I know you can hear me now. Please pay attention. What new thing He wants to do in your life, you don't like it. It's not easy. It will cost you something. It will make you go down first before you rise. Because that's exactly what happened to Jesus. He went down to the grave. Went all the way to hell. And rose on the third day. And went all the way to heaven. He's now seated at the right hand of God. Do you understand that kind of graph? An inverted bell. This was what was about to happen to Jesus. And for somebody I'm speaking to now, I don't know you. But what God wants to do in your life, that new thing God wants to do in your life, 
is not something you will like. But you must agree with him for your own good. Jesus taught us that. So Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. It was a decision to agree with him in prayer. Then the B decision is that you need to begin the journey. Begin the journey. The Bible says after he had prayed it three times, God didn't answer anything. He said, not my will, but yours be done. The Bible says immediately the betrayer came to the garden. He came with soldiers. And he betrayed him. He kissed him. And he said, we seek Jesus. <laughs> I love this scripture. He said, we seek Jesus. The Bible says, when he said, I am he, all of them were slain under the anointing. Ah. The Bible said, they all fell down. Bah! So, you know, and that's why we've got to teach a lot more. We've got to teach a lot more. Next month, by the grace of God, I'm going to be teaching a new series called Let's Balance It. Hmm? Let's Balance It. These guys fell under the anointing. These soldiers, read your Bible. They asked, where is he? And, and Jesus said, I am he. The Bible said, oh, they fell. Bah! All of them fell. Under the anointing. So there are some people that fall under the anointing. They will still get up and arrest Jesus. Oh, you are not getting it. They will be in church. They will be in ministration. Fall under the anointing. Get up and still go and attack Jesus out there. Because falling down is not enough. Falling under the anointing is not enough. There is more to it. We've got to disciple the nations. So the Bible said they fell down. Then they got up again. They said, we said, who is he? He said, okay, I'm he. Then he surrendered himself to begin the journey. And they were able to arrest him. Then they started slapping him. This was like, you guys, you don't know what you are doing. If I want to finish you up, I could have finished you up. I could have asked my father to send legions of angels. They would have destroyed all of you and all your nation. Destroy your king. Destroy your governor. He said, but not my will. I've agreed. I've buried my will. I've aligned with the father. So I have to begin the journey. So he went all through the journey. He met Pilate. He was silent before Pilate. Because if he had opened his mouth to speak, you know, the wisdom is too much. Pilate will not be able to, to uh, command that he be crucified. He will not be able to do it. He will just ask Pilate a few questions. Pilate will go soft. But he kept quiet. Like a sheep before the shepherds. To begin the journey. And he went all the way. Number six thing you need to do is to commit resources. I've talked about the decisions we need to make. A, B, C. The A thing is that you need to agree in prayer. The B thing is, is that you have to begin the journey. The C thing you need to decide is to commit resources. Jesus committed everything towards the new thing that God was going to do. Even his blood. Even his life. He committed everything on the cross. No wonder when he was giving up the ghost, he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. He had committed body, soul, and spirit unto him. So that indeed, Philippians 2 verse 9 can be fulfilled. He puts out everything. Therefore God gave him the name that is above all names. That by that name, everyone will be saved. He said there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Except the name of Jesus. It was during this process of agreeing in prayer with God. Of beginning the journey to the cross. And of committing his resources, his all, his life. 
His body, his soul, his spirit. That indeed, he made a decision to merit the new thing that God was doing. So brethren and friends, what decision are you going to make today? You know God is saying something to you. You know God wants to do something that will demand from you. More than you are willing to give. You know it. Many people around you have started telling you. This thing you are doing. Is not what you should be doing. Because God has something more for you. God has a better plan for you. But the better plan that is being proposed to you. We at the moment make things get worse. So you don't want to agree. Brethren, this charge is for you. This charge is to you. Will you begin by agreeing with him? Will you continue by beginning the journey? Will you ask for your decision? A commitment of resources. Are you willing to commit prayer? Are you willing to co- commit study time? Are you willing to commit discipleship? Sitting to be taught. Are you willing to commit your resources? Are you willing to lay down something for what God wants to do? Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Are you willing to cut off from some people? Are you willing to align with some people? Are you willing to be called names? Just so you can galvanize your decision to receive the new thing that God is bringing. I go to the third D. We have covered two Ds already. D1 is descend. D2 is decide. I go to the third D. Deliver. Deliver. I use the analogy of a woman that is pregnant. To teach this subsection called deliver. So God is saying I'm going to do a new thing. God prophesied it. You align with it. You descend. Sarah and Abraham. They align with God. God challenged them. Are you laughing? He said no we are not laughing sir. We agree with you. So they agreed in prayer. And then Abeli started to shoot. Of course they decided. Many things before that time. They decided to bring food. They decided to stand in the presence. Then it started coming out. Month one, month two, month three. Month nine. It's time to deliver. And this is the this is the life cycle. When a word comes, this is the life cycle. The end is for you to deliver. It's not just for the word to come. The word doesn't come just for nothing. It says, so shall my word be that proceeds from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish everything I sent it to do. That is, there shall be a performance of those things that have been spoken. There has to be a delivery. So I don't know what phase you are in. But these are the phases of the perfection of the word of God. The third stage is delivery. And this stage, even though it's such an advanced stage, is a stage where many miss it. They abort what God has started. Because the pain is too much. The pain of gestation. The load you have to carry. The symptoms you feel in the morning. The morning sickness. The swollen feet. The pimpled, rattled face. The loss of appetite, the craving, the things that come with pregnancy. 
They begin to show up. They begin to push you. And you feel like, Lord, I don't want to have this anymore. I want to abort this baby. I don't want to go all the way. I want to put it down now. Brother, sister, stay there. Hang in there. Stay in the process. It's a process. Stay in there. Sarah pushed. Even though she was old, she was 19, she pushed. She summoned the strength to push. And Isaac was born. The beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise of a new testament. Because the Savior will come through that lineage. Not only Sarah pushed. You will say, oh, she pushed. She was old. She was an old woman. She had worked with God. She had energy to push. No. There was someone who was probably a teenager. Very young woman called Mary, the mother of Jesus. She pushed through. You remember the story in the book of Luke? The book of Luke chapter 1. You remember the story very well? Bible says in verse 35. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that only one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. See, even Mary went through this cycle of discernment. She was able to discern that this is an angel. This is not just some stranger dressed in resplendent clothes talking to me. She discerned. Then she decided to agree with the Lord in prayer. Say, let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be unto me. And she began the journey. She went to Elizabeth's house to receive encouragement so that she would not have bought her baby. It was going to be difficult to carry a baby that had no known father, no physical father. Especially when you are engaged. But she decided to go all the way to bear the shape, despising the ridicule and the side comments and the subs on social media. She decided to go all the way. She pushed. Even when there was no maternity home, there was no hospital, they didn't have space, even in the in the inn where she was supposed to give birth, and they took her to where animals stay. She said, I'm doing it. Something new is coming. I'm despising the condition around me. I despise the surroundings. Because the one who will be born shall change the world. It doesn't matter how he is born. He is the Lord of all. When he comes, this world will never be the same again. Thank God Mary pushed to the end. She delivered. She delivered. She did not abort him. She delivered. Don't stop. God has given you a word this month. It's not only for this month, it's for this season. God works in seasons, not with your calendar. It's this season. This month may end, but this season is on. God says, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? I will even make roads in the wilderness. In the desert, I will bring springs of water. I will do it. So God still wants to do it. No matter what phase you are in. 
hanging there, hanging there. Not only discern or decide, deliver that, that the word of the Lord has proclaimed. I wrap up this morning and this series reading from Matthew chapter 7. Verse 7, which has become a very popular, popular verse even to those who are not Christians. I've heard Muslims quote this scripture to me. Verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Verse 8 is my best one. It's my favorite verse in this entire passage. It says, For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. There is something you are trusting God for. We've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about principles of getting to receive the word that God has proclaimed. But you have not yet received. I mentioned earlier that I've got some people who have called me to share testimonies. Of how God has visited them in this season. And God has done something new for them. And he has done for me too. So I'm not saying what I don't know. I want to give you an opportunity. To indeed ask for something this morning. To ask. To ask. To seek. To knock. Why? The promise in verse 8 is for you. So for everyone. Everyone. Short, tall, slim, fat, dark, fair, old, young, new to the faith, veteran in the faith. Everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I want to give you opportunity. As I pray in other tongues, I want you to pray. I want you to pray now. I want you to engage heaven. This is your moment. Don't miss it, please. Don't miss it. I'm going to pray. While I pray in other tongues, please pray. Ask the Lord. Seek from the Lord. Just knock that door. And afterwards, I will also pray with you in agreement. Bowing my knees before the Father, asking that He will hear your plea this morning. Are you ready? Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to ask. Begin to seek. Begin to knock. Reduza Tatena Mikata Yedamosh, Lidre Katema, the Yasutaba, 
Mendaruka pa ela brato zea. Le roko pani ziroto shipeteni de yelada sapata. Emdala kabelo sete de yelabasha. Tupaine kadiala sus le ileke duza lada shate enabia koparose. Tuba rediza tatayena shitala balata. Lubrete kaina bo shitala laza. Rupane gadaza. I come in the name of Jesus and stand as midwife for this delivery. Everyone who is in the labor room, everyone waiting to push, Zola take out as I had. I aid you in the spirit. I aid you in the spirit. You shall bring forth every word that the mouth of the Lord has proclaimed concerning you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the world shall celebrate you. The world shall celebrate you. The world shall celebrate your obedience, your doggedness, and your steadfastness. In the world, in the name of Jesus Christ, for as many that are not yet discerning, who are operating at lower levels of spiritual intelligence, I pray for you that your eyes will be open, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. In the name of Jesus, and for those who are dilly-dallying in the valley of decision, they do not know what to do, they have no courage to do what to do, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that grace for obedience, for urgent obedience will come upon you like never before you will run with speed of heaven in synchronization with the agreement that has been made in heaven concerning your upliftment. In the name of Jesus, you shall be elevated. You shall be celebrated. In this season, you shall receive something new. Your hands shall handle it. Your hands shall handle it. In the name of Jesus, and so shall it be. Because we decree and declare all this in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus. You shall celebrate. God bless you. And see you next month. We'll begin a new series by the grace of God. We'll be calling it Less Balances. Come and hear the word of God. Come and be trained by the word of God. The Bible says the word of God does four things. It said it is profitable for doctrine. That is, it teaches us. It said for reproof. When we go wrong, it brings us back. He said, for correction. When he brings over, he shows us, oh, this is what you did wrong. See what you should do better. He said, to train us in righteousness. To now tell us how to stand and not be falling and rising. Not to be falling and rising. Come and hear the word of God that will build you. God bless you. Listen to the announcement and let's do as we are told. God bless you. See you next week. By His grace. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowdell Street off Eric Moore, Lagos. God bless you.